You've heard me say undoubtedly that, uh, that when I preach, I always preach to myself first. And so this morning, uh, I think I need to hear more than anything from God. I need to hear about worry. Because as I start out in this new year, I don't know, I am afflicted by a higher than usual level of anxiety. Um, you know, it's not just one thing, but it's a whole bunch of things. Um, it's kind of a general anxiety. I, I worry about the world. <laughs> I worry about the direction of the country in an election year. I worry about the economy and um, the slide of the stock market. Um, I worry about the state of the Christian church in America uh, and abroad, but in America. I, I worry about Christians who are being persecuted in the Middle East, and nobody seems to be doing anything about them. Um, I worry about people in the church who are dealing with some really heavy things. Uh, and then there are all my, you know, my own little personal worries, worries about my own life and um, the lives of my loved ones. And, you know, it just all kind of adds up. So, just feeling really anxious, and uh, I have a, maybe I have a, well, I have a feeling that I'm not the only one who feels that way. Uh, do I have any fellow warriors out there? You guys have that sense? Uh, okay, all right, all right, you're with me then. Okay. So, uh, so I want to ask, you know, what, what can we do about it? Because it's no good worrying. Uh, Two business executives meet for lunch, and, and Bob asks Joe, Hey, how's it going? How's your health? And Joe says, I feel great. I mean, all my ulcers have disappeared. I don't have a care in the world. And Bob said, Well, how did that happen? And Joe says, Well, you know, my doctor uh, told me that ulcers are caused by worries, so I hired a professional um, worrier so that whenever something wor worrisome comes up, I just hand it over to him, and he does all my worrying for me. And Bob says, wow, that's great. I'd like to hire someone like that. How much does he charge? And Joe says, $100,000. And Bob asks, well, how in the world can you afford $100,000? And Joe says, I don't know. I let him worry about that. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to hire somebody who could do all our worrying for us? I mean, that would be great. Well, you and I may not be able to hire a professional worrier, but I know someone who can actually handle our worries and our anxieties. In fact, Scripture directs us to the source from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So let's listen to Jesus as he addresses us about the problem of worry. So I'm reading from Matthew chapter 6. Uh, this is from his Sermon on the Mount, beginning at verse 25. Listen to the words of Jesus, who says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? 
Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So Jesus reminds us of how useless and unproductive worry really is. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Well, of course not. In fact, not only will worry not add a single hour to our lives, but it may very well cut our lives short. It may lead to an early grave because, as you know, worry has been connected to high blood pressure and heart disease and blindness and migraine headaches and a, and a host of stomach disorders and so on and on. Worry is an absolute waste. We know that. We need to be reminded of it, but it's an absolute waste. It's a waste of time and energy, never accomplishes anything good or productive. Worrying is kind of like sitting in a rocking chair and, and rocking where there's a lot of activity, but it never goes anywhere. A few weeks ago, Lynn and I saw a really good movie. Uh, no, it wasn't Star Wars. Uh, we saw that one too, but... Um, but it was uh, called uh, Bridge of Spies, Steve, Steven Spielberg. It was a, the story about the exchange of spies between the United States and the Soviet Union. And it was all about the Gary Powers affair. Some of you who are my age or older would remember that he was shot down in his U-2 as, his, as he was taking photos over the Soviet Union. So it was about all of this, uh, this, this prisoner exchange thing. And uh, in the movie, the attorney who represents the Soviet spy, played by Tom Hanks, continues to be amazed uh, that his client doesn't seem to be concerned about the dire situation in which he's finding himself. I mean, he's in a terrible predicament. And, and uh, so the, his, the, the attorney keeps working with him, and, and the attorney just can't understand why he's not more concerned. And so uh, throughout various parts of the movie, the attorney asks, Tom Hanks asks, are you worried? Are you worried? Are you worried? And his client always responds with a deadpan face, very stoically, will it help? Will it help? <laughs> will it help? Does worry help anything? Can it add a single hour to your life? There's an old Chinese proverb, the legs of the stork are long and the legs of a duck are short. You cannot shorten the legs of the stork, nor can you lengthen the legs of the duck. Why worry? So not only is worry useless, but as you know, again, kind of a reminder that most of the stuff we worry about will never happen. Talk about waste. 
might be a helpful exercise for us to copy the woman who realized that her worry was ruining her life, and so she decided she would analyze her worries, and she came up with a worry table. You know, statistically, what were her worries about? This is what she found. She said, 40% of what I worry about will never happen. Worry is a result of a tired mind, she concludes. 30% are about old decisions which I cannot alter. 30%. 12% of my worries are caused by others' criticism of me, most untrue, made by people who feel inferior. 10% are about my health, which gets worse as I worry. And 8% are legitimate since life has some real problems to meet. So she looked at all her worries and she discovered that really only about 8% merit any kind of worry at all. The rest, what can you do about it? Out of your control totally. And that's how it is with worry. So how can you and I get off the worry track? Several years ago, a famous planetarium was... uh, was promoting itself, and um, it thought it, uh, it would have some fun and educate people at the same time, and so they, they entered in, into this campaign where they were looking for applications to make reservations to go on imaginary space trips. And the sponsors were shocked when applications rolled in by the thousands to go on this space trip. And finally, uh, someone concluded that so many people applied for trips because they wanted a chance, though it was, it was an imaginary one, to escape from all their troubles and worries. In fact, one applicant wrote, it would be heaven to get away from this troubled earth and to go someplace where I wouldn't have to worry. Man, don't we all feel like that at times? Wouldn't it be heaven? I guess it would be heaven because there, there are no worries. Uh... Now, in hell, there are worries, (laughs) but heaven, not so. But wouldn't it be nice to go to some location, to go to some other place where it was just totally carefree? Even carefree Arizona has lots of worries, I bet you. You want to bet. Changing our location will not get rid of it. It isn't going to do us any good to buy a ticket for a space trip to Mars. Uh, we can't change our location, it won't do any good, but we can change our attitude, which is what the Lord is dealing with in this scripture lesson this morning. So let's look at the lesson this morning, how Jesus addresses worry, and he suggests different ways that we can stop. And the first way is to stop worrying, says Jesus, is to recognize and affirm our worth. After telling us not to be worried about such things as food and clothing and reminding us of God's love for the birds, Jesus goes on to ask, after all, isn't life worth more than food? And isn't the body worth more than clothes? And aren't you much more than the birds? Aren't you worth much more than they? Jesus showed great wisdom when he pointed out the relationship between our worries and our estimates of our own self-worth. Because when you stop and think about it, people who feel pretty good about themselves, they feel like they're important, they're significant, they're valued, that they're people of worth, don't worry all that much. But those who worry the most are people who feel unimportant and insignificant and of very little worth. So Jesus reminds us, you are of incredible value value to God. 
if God takes care of the birds and the flowers, how much more will God take care of you? God sent his only son, after all, to die for you and for me upon the cross. We are of incredible value to him. So remembering our worth is probably the, is really the first step towards stopping worrying. Worry is really beneath our dignity. But the second means to stop worrying is this, and it's become an old cliche, but there's a simple truth in it nevertheless. We're to take life as it comes and live one day at a time. We've heard that a lot. I always thought it would be kind of boring to be a sports journalist and have to interview athletes after a game. And you know what they always say? (laughs) They say this every time. Well, we just take it one game at a time. One game at a time. Over and over and over again, oftentimes. Um, But they're actually, uh, they're following Jesus. (laughs) They are quoting the wisdom of Jesus, who says, look, today has enough troubles of its own. Live today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow take care of itself. So Jesus is not saying we should forsake, you know, intelligent, prudent, uh, normal planning for the future, but he's telling us that we shouldn't try to live two days at the same time, that is today and tomorrow. Worry spoils living in the present by dividing the mind. And uh, the biblical word for worry is a word that you will not remember, but I'll say it anyway because it sounds cool. Merimnao. Merimnao. It's a compound of two Greek words, merizo, which means to divide, and nous, which is the mind, N-O-U-S, the mind. Worry splits our mind. It divides our energies between today's priorities and tomorrow's problems. So part of our mind is in the now, and the rest is in the not yet. And so the result is half-minded living. I don't know, that means we go through life as dimwits, right? Half-minded. Partly here, partly somewhere else. And that's not the way to live. When we do that, we're never living fully in the present, in the here and now. I don't know where I found this particular reading, but it's a very short reading, but it it speaks to me. Maybe it would speak to you. It goes like this. Uh, It says, There are two golden days in the week about which I never worry. Two carefree days kept sacredly free from fear and apprehension. One of these days is yesterday. Yesterday, with all its cares and frets, all its pain and aches, all its faults, its mistakes and blunders, has passed forever beyond my recall. I cannot undo an act I wrought. I cannot unsay a word I said. All that it holds on my life of wrong, of regret and sorrow is in the hands of the mighty love that can bring honey out of the rock and sweetest water out of the bitterest desert. Save for the beautiful memories, sweet and tender, that linger like the perfume of roses in the heart of the day that's gone, I have nothing to do with yesterday. It was mine. It is God's now. Yesterday. 
And the other day I don't worry about is tomorrow. Tomorrow, with all its possible adversities, its perils, its large promise and poor performance, its failures and mistakes, is as far beyond my mastery as its dead sister yesterday. It is a day that is God's. Its sun will rise in glorious splendor behind a mass of weeping clouds, but it will rise. There is left for myself then, but one day in the week, today. Anyone can fight the battle for today. Anyone can resist temptation for just one day. Anyone can carry the burdens for just one day. It is only when we willfully add the burdens of those awful eternities yesterday and tomorrow, such burdens as only the mighty God can sustain, that we break down. It isn't the experience of today that drives us mad. It's the remorse of something that happened yesterday and the dread of what tomorrow brings. Those are God's days. Leave them with God. Therefore, I think and I do journey, but one day at a time, that is our duty. Dutifully, I run my course and work my appointed task on that day of ours. And God, the mighty and all-loving, takes care of yesterday and tomorrow. One day at a time, taking life as it comes. That's kind of the second way to stop worrying. And then the third way, says Jesus, is to focus on God and not on all our problems. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. Instead, God, he says, give first place to God's kingdom and what he requires, and he will provide you with all these other things. And here's where we run headlong into the problem with worry. Because basically, worry is lack of faith in God. It's a lack of trust in him. Worry is not caused by outward circumstances, although outward circumstances may aggravate worry once it's started. Worry is not basically a psychological problem, although it may have harmful emotional side effects, but at bottom, worry is a spiritual problem. It's a loss of faith in God, an inability or an unwillingness to trust God to provide for our needs. Worry is atheism in action. It says, I don't really believe that there is a God that's going to take care of me. I've got to take care of myself. I don't believe God cares in the least about my problems. He doesn't care about my two sick to- toddlers at home. He doesn't care that I can hardly scrape enough money to pay my mortgage every month. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to rely on my own resources. And then we really begin to worry. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I find it a lot easier to focus on my problems rather than on the problem solver. It's a lot easier to focus on my fears than on God. It's a lot easier to focus on my worries than on God's word. Uh, Norman Vincent Peale, some of you may know of him. He was a very famous minister of another generation, but uh, he tells of a personal experience that that, uh, illustrates what I'm talking about. One day he was scheduled to speak at a major convention. He was the keynote speaker. And uh, he arrived in town in the afternoon uh, and, uh, and he developed this case of laryngitis. I mean, it was just terrible. And he wasn't sure that he could uh, speak at all. Um, but he called in a doctor for, uh, and the doctor came to his hotel and the doctor sprayed something in his throat and gave him a pill or whatever, the, whatever doctors do. Take two aspirin, you know, and so on. 
Um, but then the doctor said to Peel, now I'd like to give you the treatment that can really heal you. And Peel said, well, what is it? Why did you wait till now? I, I want to know. And the doctor said, well, I didn't think I'd have to tell you what it is. It's called the golden key. The golden key is this. Focus your thoughts on God. Don't focus on your problem. You have been focusing on your problem, and that tightens up your nervous system so the blood doesn't flow harmoniously, and it tightens up your throat, so no wonder it just makes, your, makes it even worse. As a result, you're experiencing sickness. Stop focusing on the problem. Start focusing on God. And the golden key worked. And Peel wrote later, when I walked to the platform to speak that evening, I testified that my voice was never stronger than it was that night. We focus on God who's able to supply our needs, not on all of our problems. Give first place to God, says Jesus. Give first place to God's kingdom and what he requires, and he will provide you with all those other things. So focusing on God, trusting him with, with whatever we're worried about uh, can bring a measure of peace to us all. You know, so often when worries come to us, it seems to me there are two things that we need to do, <laughs> among the things I'm talking to you about. But, you know, when they come, I think we need to talk to ourselves and say, will it help? <laughs> will it help? I mean, really? Okay, I'm worrying. Will it help? And then we turn it over to God because Jesus, because we're told in Scripture, cast all your anxieties on him for he will take care of you. Cast all your worries upon him because he loves you and will take care of you. And I think that's a process, you know. I think it's a process over time. When, when we find ourselves worrying, when we catch ourselves like that, instead of stewing about it, you know, getting all worked up about it and the anxiety level going way up, we catch ourselves, we ask, will it help? And then in prayer, you know, we just kind of turn it over to God and say, God, you take it. I'm giving it to you. This is beyond my control. Can't do anything about it. It's useless to me. I'm leaving it in your competent hands, God. You know what you're doing in my life, with my life. And so our job, therefore, is to turn it over to him. And when we do so in faith, we experience inner peace. As it says in Philippians, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Turn that worry over to God in prayer and petition. Leave it with Him, and you will experience peace when you realize that God will guard your heart and mind, he will help you, he will, he will keep your life. You can dwell in safety. 
There's a Methodist pastor I know of. Uh, his name was William Quayle. Uh, yeah, another Quayle here. Um, who told of an experience of lying awake at night and unable to go to sleep because he had all of these problems and they didn't seem to have a solution, but it kept going over it and over it and over in his mind. And the more he thought about his intractable problems, the more anxious he became, and it was just ruining his night. He, he had a busy day the next day. He needed to sleep. So he finally he got up and uh, he, he walked to his bedroom window, uh, sat there, stared out into the darkness, and he says that he heard the voice of God. It was as clear as a bell. The voice said, Quail, you go to bed. I'll sit up all night. So he went back to bed, slept like a baby. In faith and in trust, he turned it over to God. And the psalmist says, I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, Make me dwell in safety. So we need to listen to Jesus about this problem that we all have about worrying too much. May he give us the ability to stop worrying as we recognize and affirm our worth. As we concentrate on living one day at a time. And as we focus our thoughts on God and God's ability to supply all our needs, seek first God and his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things that we worry about will be taken care of as well. So may it be. Let's pray together. Lord, we are worry warts. We worry about all kinds of things. And we recognize that it's so useless and so unproductive. It just eats away at our body and our mind and spirit. And so, Lord, give us the wisdom to understand, again, just how unproductive worry is, but be able to turn those things over to you, knowing that you care about us. You love us. We are the apple of your eye. You came to die for us. And, uh, Lord, you have promised to supply our needs. So we... We trust your promise. We claim your promise. Help us to grow our faith and our trust in you. Thank you, Lord, for caring that much about us. In the name of Jesus, we pray all these things. Amen.